0: On behalf of a Wholeness Podcast and the Yoga Barber, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians on the land in which this podcast is being recorded, the Gunai Kurnai Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. Welcome to a Wholeness Podcast. Healthy home for hair professionals and our clients. I'm your host, Fliss Downs, aka The Yoga Barber. Come on in. Hey, hey, beautiful beings, how are you going? Firstly, I would like to take this moment to say this podcast is proudly sponsored by Earth and Soul Pizza. So if you are local to or travelling through Bairnsdale, use my promo code lovefliss. That's L-O-V-E-F-L-I-S-S and get yourself a free large pizza when you buy one. With locally sourced produce and food exceptionally made by the team at Earth and Soul Pizza, be sure to get your wholesome, blissful pizza. In today's episode, I welcome Rebecca Latosh, a yoga teacher, health professional in sports science, having studied for six years and a foot specialist. After travelling all over the world, facilitating globally at festivals, she now finds herself back in Sweden where she grew up. There's many things that both myself and Rebecca have interests in, yoga, traveling, festival goers, and I wanted to bring Rebecca onto a Wholeness podcast because I have been fascinated by how she analyzes feet. I say this because being a barber, I stand on my feet all day long, and as humans, our feet are our foundations which portal our bodies around. It was so lush to connect with her, and I'm super keen to bring you this episode. So let's get into it. I know that you've travelled a lot, like myself. Talk to me. Where have you been? Because your journey from what I've read, just based on your LinkedIn profile and the background that you've got, I'm like, wow, I'm resonating in the sense that you've traveled a lot, you've done yoga. I've not done the whole uni degree thing, but I definitely find sports science very interesting and I've never quite Mm. gotten into the whole thing of studying, but I just know bits and bobs. So I feel like there's loads of things between us that have aligned. So yeah, I'm interested to know your background of your travels and where life took you.
1: All right, so I left Sweden oh when was that? Like 2012. I went to school here. My background is Polish. The eth- ethnical is Polish mostly mixed uh, a bit Eastern European. I grew up here mostly went to Sweden when I was little. And then when I was done with Sweden, I'll never go back. I'll just leave. I'm gonna go as far away as possible. Well, Australia. So I traveled a bit in Europe and I went to Australia and then yeah after that I stayed there for some time but then continued to travel around in the world and never really wanted to go back and got into yoga, found my teachers that resonated with me much more than the ones that I have practiced with before that were in Sweden and other places and that opened up a whole new world to me and I just wanted to learn more about it and this was before things were trendy with yoga before it was a completely different time It was like pre-western pre yoga and post-western yoga it feels like 10-15 yeah. years ago yeah and uh, yeah when i met these teachers i was like all right there is something more i need to unpack within me because i have these completely different experiences during shavasana and i just wanted to get to know myself more and start to travel all around the world for years um a bit of volunteering a bit of working a bit of um education here and there and yeah couldn't really stop traveling I just lived like a nomad for some time basically lived in almost every continent and then I had this moment where I felt like yeah maybe it's time to settle or to slow down a little bit so I moved to Copenhagen and I opened up a plant-based cafe there with some other Aussies and some other people from all over Mm. the world yeah it went great for us really well because it's really high quality in Copenhagen Denmark for the ones that don't know and but it was also a lot of work not as much of the yoga jobs were unfocused then because that business just was so intense yeah and so I decided to just give it a chance to move to Gothenburg which is the second biggest city in, in Sweden this is where I am right now and I had a base here for some time until pandemic probably, and then from the pandemic on, I have lived here full-time. Otherwise, I've been still doing my years here, traveling here and there, living for a few months in different countries, and that's about it. And my mom was actually the one introducing me to yoga first place, because she was like, Rebecca, you're just so much fire. You're so intense. And I love fighting. I was that little cocky kid in class that always wanted to, like, fight and box and kick with the boys. I remember my my adoptive dad gave me like a boxing bag in birthday because I just wanted to do all these intense um, games yeah. uh, when I was little. I just, you need to calm down. <laughs> you need some yoga. Uh, but uh, I couldn't resonate with the teachers back then that she introduced me to, and so I had to find it my own way. Wow! And then so now I've been teaching internationally for soon ten years. Yeah yeah and holding two degrees a bachelor in sports science and an international masters in global health so working with health in basically all different aspects with yoga with sports with elite athletes with public health with research with everything
0: (laughs) wow what a journey that's just amazing and in terms of you traveling all over the world you've also gone to festivals was that More so, you were teaching on stage at festivals. What did that side of your travels look like for you? So during my
1: travels, it was, yeah, all from festivals to retreats and also just uh, private constellations of teaching in orphanages as well for kids, for example, in India and so on. But if we talk about festivals, it's been more like in Scandinavia, for example, the biggest yoga conference and festival is where I usually teach. This is great because there's... Some of their top teachers from all over the world are coming there, and we get together and we share our thing, our niche in yoga and It's just so nice to meet these long distance colleagues, like I usually call it. Yes, it's been beautiful to create this external yoga family. We only meet a couple of times a year, maybe, but we're so connected when we see each other. It's so special and then, yeah, we teach this festival together. people from all over Europe are coming. yeah, it's very inspiring to both teacher and to just, also just being in that environment and be able to take other colleagues classes, which is very seldom that happens.
0: It's so beautiful when you can be a yoga teacher, but be a student in another yoga teacher's class. Yeah. I I definitely feel the difference since doing my yoga teaching qualification back in 2019 definitely feel a difference in yoga classes now versus when I was just a student whereas now I'm obviously a yoga teacher Mm. as well as a student we're always going to be a student aren't we but I really noticed that difference picking up on their cues going oh that would be a good cue or Mm. oh I like how this teacher's done this, or I'm not really vibing with this teacher, but that's okay. I could use my practice to just let go of that, let go of the judgment of the teacher. Whereas prior to doing my yoga teaching qualification, if I didn't like a teacher, I would just never go back to them. Whereas now I'm like, well, actually, no, maybe it was something within myself that day. Mm. That's where that judgment came up. So it's just a really Mm. different way of witnessing yourself on the mat now that I'm a yoga teacher as well as a student. I don't know whether you resonate with that or you can get what I'm saying there.
1: Yeah, 100%. It's it's hard. Before starting to teach, I felt like I could enjoy the class a bit more. <laughs> and now I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, is that how they say it? Interesting. And I'm constantly reflecting. I'm like, okay, Rebecca, just. Do this for yourself, can you practice without relating it to work? Mm-hmm. That's a bit harder, but yeah, I mean, and that's also part of the practice- I guess that's a part of the more advanced practice because people might be distracted from their monkey mind in terms of just things that happen in general in their life and just trying to understand the environment of yoga and what the teacher says and all the, all the students are doing, but when you're there as a teacher and you've been teaching for some time. And then go having a class there, then it's yeah, it's a bit more difficult to take in the class just as a student. Yeah, yeah definitely.
0: It is definitely for sure. And in terms of you also do a little bit of modeling as well. Mm, yeah, yes. <laughs> Hi.
1: Uh I'm a bit shy of talking about it, but yeah. uh I've always been interested in it when I was little, it was just world and then I was many years ago a fashion writer for a magazine in Stockholm in the capital of Sweden when I was writing about fashion and pop culture and quickly then there I saw when I was on all the VIP lists and all the cool uh, conference breakfasts with all the different brands and people that wow it's quite superficial and then I stepped away from that quickly it was also the time where you had to be a certain height to be modeling and so on. And I'm not that, I'm 164, yeah, in centimeters. So I was like, okay, this is not gonna be anything for me. And then I dropped it. But then when I was in Copenhagen, I got picked up by a casting agency. And from there on, I started doing commercials. And it's just like a fun little gig. And I still do that, even though I'm in Sweden, because you can just travel down there south in a couple of hours. So that's great. It's such an interesting way to also see yourself, in that environment as an actress how are we trying to show up yourself in front of the camera and also trying to be your uh, authentical self but also I guess delivering what they want so I did a bit of that and then also now later it's been more photo shoots in collaboration with different yoga brands and so on and I always make sure I just pick the most sustainable ones that are mm. in the same values as me.
0: You literally just took the words out of my mouth. I've never done any modeling as such, but it's something that I i think many women have that little bit of a dream in them to be a model of some kind at yeah. some point in their life. right? And that's certainly been my little secret, secret little dream in the background. Oh, well, that'd be pretty cool and, and nice. And I've mm. even thought about doing nude modeling as well. How empowering would that be to be able to be a nude model mm. for life drawing? So that's been in the background yeah. and things. But yeah, it is. It's choosing something that I definitely consider moving forward with within myself is if I do work with brands, choosing brands or accepting brands off based on mm. like you said, does my values match their values? And if they do, mm. brilliant, I'm all for it. And if there's no match, well, this isn't in alignment with myself. So we've got to think about these things when we do this, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. I see also that living part of the yogi lifestyle, so-called, it's also part of our duty. And as teachers, we're not just teachers on the mat. We're basically teachers all the time. Like if I'm on the tram, a student might see me as the teacher and I will have to hold up that idea, that picture, and to be presentable. And the same thing then if I'm then showing my face in international TV, in a commercial, or on photo shoots, lifting up some brands that these brands gotta be, that I can stand 100% for that brand and say that I am supporting them. I, yes, that I think it's an ethical brand or ethical way of coloring these clothes. So that's a part of the yoga lifestyle as well ahimsa, nonviolence, to, to be truthful into what it is that you're representing.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And you mentioned about you writing, and you've sent me two gorgeous articles that you wrote for on yoga as well. I (laughs) love reading them. I love the fact that it was really short as well, because I'm a slow reader. And I think, oh, God, I love reading books, I do, but I'm just a bit of a slow reader. So the fact that there's really short, but really informative was really lovely. So in terms of the writing for Om Yoga, is that an ongoing thing? Is this just a thing that you do every so often?
1: A bit now and then. I have a lot of creativity in terms of things I want to share to the world in different ways and writing and videos and pictures and classes. But... Uh, this was when I was traveling a little bit. I had a bit of a so-called holiday from some other jobs in Sweden, and I was like, "Okay, I'm on the go. I can drop some things from my mind and just write." Mm-hmm. And that's usually where I get more of my writing done when I'm when I'm on the go. And so, yeah, I, I think also it's so important. I do love reading thick books. I do love reading long uh, scientific articles, but for the everyday person, the span of attention has shortened so dramatically with the social media that we need short things now in order to actually pick up um, the information. Of course, I want to write a long article, but I just want that person, the main thing is for them to get the knowledge, to get the information. And I guess that's the first step in then. Uh, Same thing when you go to a contemporary arts museum, for example, how long are you actually looking at that one piece of art? Are you doing as fast as you're swiping? Some people actually just go from place to place, take a picture, don't even resonate with the art, and that's it. Our attention span has, yeah, dramatically reduced. So we have to find different ways of sending and sharing information and knowledge, I think, now to people.
0: Absolutely. And our of the two articles, the foot awareness one really stands out to me. More so because as being a barber and a hairdresser, myself yeah. and others within the hair industry are on their feet all day long. And so just yeah. that awareness around our feet and how important they are, I think is a really important aspect of our well-being. And it's something that yeah. we wouldn't really necessarily think about to make sure we look after our feet. And then Mm. I saw your post today, was it like um, foot rehab, I think it was. You had this little bit of wood and it tilted. So based on your, let's say, knowledge, your background in terms of your sports Mm. science, your global health, practitioner side of things, yoga, why would you say caring for your feet is so important?
1: Oh gosh, where to start? (laughs) Well, our feet have most amount of receptors in a whole body. So we're taking a lot of information through our feet. If you think about a kid, a little child running around barefoot, they're getting hold of the world, understanding the world through the information they're receiving through their feet. And now, these days, we have put our feet into something that I call foot gel, AKA modern, regular shoes, maybe very good looking, and maybe to some extent, Comfortable in a sense, but actually not supporting our health, both for our feet and for overall posture. I could definitely resonate with this first thing when I, I wanted to run. I want to be able to run, or I thought first that I'm coming from a background of martial arts, and there's a lot of running and skipping as a warm up, and I had horrific shin splints. So I've been modifying my whole life, basically, haven't been able to run. And then I started to run more barefoot. I was living in Portugal. I was running on the beach barefoot. I was living in Cambodia on a beach. there. Every time I was living on the beach and in a warm climate, I felt like I could actually run a little bit, but I could never do that in the cities with shoes on. And fast forward, I got to know a bit more about the uh, anatomy and physiology of the foot and realized also that, how our feet are used in terms of when we uh, touch the ground, when we splay our toes is quite important. And if we can't splay our toes properly, especially the big toe, which is like the main amount of point of the foot that you wanna engage in order to have this good function, then you may suffer from a lot of issues. And my shin splints disappeared from having better shoes, taking care of my feet and training my feet in a different way, but also working out my body while being barefoot or in so-called barefoot shoes. We can call them also foot-shaped shoes because we have today often feet that are shoe-shaped rather than shoes that are foot-shaped. And I can imagine as a barbell hairdresser, um, you stand quite a lot of hours during the day and that will obviously impact your posture, your overall body in terms of what type of shoes you have, how your feet are feeling. Um, So it is quite a vital part of our body that we shouldn't neglect, but we, I think some of us are a bit shy when it comes to our feet. We don't want to show them. We think they're ugly or they are a taboo, but they're so important.
0: Well, I know that in your article, you said they're, they're, they're our foundation, and they physically are. Mm. They are what our body mm. is stacked upon. Our ankles are above our feet, our knees are above our ankles, our hips are then above our um, knees, mm. and so forth. They are literally the things that are holding us up. And if they're yeah. not being looked after, it could cause mm. multiple things. And also, for those of people that are listening and don't mm. know about reflexology you think about you mentioned about all the ne- did you say neurons didn't you was it neuro receptors yeah but yeah receptors that are in our feet and how in terms of reflexology I don't, I don't know how much you know on that I don't know enough to be really mm. talking about it but with reflexology there are parts of our feet that are then connected to our organs our brain and it's mm. just phenomenal so if we're not looking after our feet well well what's then going on in, internally for us yeah exactly and
1: you've probably heard this thing they're also um gross now on social media or in media in general about earthing and yeah. grounding yourself walking barefoot even that there is research done on people walking barefoot or walking your shoes and showing that um there's a completely different change in your um physiology of your body the energy you have your mental health gets better from just simply being barefoot in the nature, from actually having this connection with the ground. So I think we got to start to understand our feet and the foundation of our feet because it's related to the whole body. It's related to our mental health and our physical health. It's related to our performance in sports and to our overall posture, which is going to affect our whole daily life. So
0: and our future body. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah definitely.
0: Do you feel that even wearing socks restricts your feet to a degree, and is it still better to go barefoot? <gasps> yes, toe socks. I. Love toe- socks
1: for the ones that are listening and don't see I am wearing uh, toe socks yes Uh, I don't only have toe socks but I do love them
0: (laughs) I love them because Mm, mm. you can literally just spray your toes out like you normally would do without socks on but the only thing with that then Mm. if you go to put your feet with toe socks on in a pair of shoes that are shoe shaped rather than foot shaped Because of the extra cushioning of the sock, you're then squeezed more so into the shoe. So for me, I pretty Mm. much live in Ugg boots, Rebecca. I am Ugg boot obsessed. And everybody in Australia takes the piss out of me because I'm in Australia wearing Ugg boots and they literally just wear Ugg boots for slippers and indoor shoes. They're like, this is not an outdoor shoe. Mm. And of course, us Brits and I'm guessing Europeans too, we wear Ugg boots as a fashionable statement
1: yeah 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 definitely yeah, uh, yeah it, it's so true what you say there it actually makes it a bit more tight in the toe box so the front of the, the foot and so I do use regular socks as well some I have realized oh these are actually less stretchy a bit more rigid material and then I'm actually avoiding them a bit more or I use a bit Bigger socks and are regular. But I majority of my socks are now toe socks. When yeah, it's hard to go back to regular when you have this amazing comfort. And also I only wear foot-shaped shoes, so barefoot shoes only, since 2019. So I, I can't go back to regular shoes. If I learned about it, if I educated myself about it now, I just can't see past it.
0: Yeah, uh, interesting when i think about us in the hair industry we Mm. all pretty much wear shoes that are actually not good for us i can't say that there's a large percentage of people that are taking care of their feet Mm. so i guess the thing is how do we go about educating people out there about the importance of your feet and when I think about it, there's starting to become many brands now online like Barefoot that are possibly yeah. putting ads out there and showcasing that Barefoot shoes are better than normal shoes and such. So yeah, what's your view on how can we get that education out there to people? And and yeah. what, you know, is it something that you're, let's say, you've obviously written an article on it, but would you say that you yourself are really passionate about it and this is something that you want to educate people on?
1: Yeah, so I think the, the easier way to get the information out is fortunately and unfortunately social media, right? I think if you have this interest in holistic health in general or just want to upgrade you a little bit more on your body, then I think there's a, a small percentage of that population that has that ideology and they will find that information no matter what but for the regular people to get a bit more aware of i think it's word of mouth i think it's the spreading of the social media a little bit what i'm doing there i'm showing and when i do rehab for my injured foot or just in general foot education or content and at today now in the state i am also taking consultations with people that have dysphoriasis or issues with their feet. So I have done a background as an advanced foot specialist and got really nerdy into it now. And I think people need to be interested in it in order to be able to change. That's the thing I've learned the past few years. You really want to teach people something or change something with them. It was or just like enlighten them in some vital information. But if they're not open to receive, it's just going to go in through one ear and out through the other. So I think people need to first start to understand or maybe have some actual foot issues. Like it has to go too far for them to actually start looking into their foot health. I think one of the reasons could also be that some people would not say that the shoes that are barefoot are good looking because they are wider. And so people's idea of how shoes should look very spiky in the front where the your toes are, that is a... Um, An ideal fashion right aesthetics but i think it's it's changing a lot now like lately it's been blowing up on social media this thing with barefoot shoes and foot health in general and they are making more and more barefoot shoes to have different styles to look good or the are maybe a transition from regular shoe to barefoot that's like in between and also plus size barefoot shoe So to answer your question, social media, I guess, is the fastest, easiest way. But unfortunately, I think it is that people need to have gone too far with their feet uh, in terms of health issues to actually start seeking out help and then word of mouth. Or just go to yoga teacher that teaches about foot health, a.k.a. Rebecca (laughs) Latosh. Then they will come out with information all the time.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, if people was wanting to reach out to you to understand a little bit more about foot health mm. what does that involve and I'm guessing it'll be a consultation but what mm. does it involve for somebody that's thinking oh this sounds rather interesting but I'm a bit yeah. nervous because somebody would have to look at my feet or whatever yeah. what that looked like for somebody if somebody came to have a consultation with you so they will
1: reach out to me on social media and we would first look into what is the main purpose to to even to have this interest into doing something with your feet because it's not about oh I'd like to have a better skin so I put a face mask on once it's about showing up for your feet daily because we take in so much information through our body and what it's exposed to daily if you imagine about how many hours we're maybe doing unhealthy things to our feet or to our bodies. Then we also have to consider how much of the healthy things that we're going to apply daily as well. Just like yoga, it's not enough doing a yoga class once a week and think that everything is going to improve in your life. It's a lifestyle. So we would have a consultation that we'd book in, either physical if we're in the same location, or we can do it online. And I will examine the feet. First look at if there's any acute injuries, any present pain, so on. And then do some tests on the feet. So some different type of practices, exercises with the feet and with the toes and ankle to examine what is the blockage for your health in your feet. And it could be all from rigidity in your foot into a lack of strength, right? Same thing as in yoga. We're either too stiff or we're too flexible, so same thing there with feet, and then we look into what is it that we need to do there. We try a different type of tools and ways of practicing improving our foot. I will recommend also if there's a specific physical tool or an item that you may need, if it's the if you have some sort of foot issue that is that's necessary to have some extra help from, and also looking at the shoes that you are wearing. Because even though if you train your feet daily, if you're then putting them into your shoe or your foot gel again, then it's not going to be as great of a progress. I'll give them a program to how they can work on this, preferably daily. And then we can also have a Little check in after X amount of weeks to see the progress. And they're also open to reach out to me if they have any more questions and so on. So it's like having a little bit of a relationship between me and their feet for maybe about a month or two and depending on each person's situation.
0: Yeah. And have you found that many people are embarrassed when they come to you to show you their feet?
1: I have looked at a lot of feet during my yoga classes before I even started to, to educate about feet. And then when I started to educate about feet during my yoga classes, it was, they didn't have any options really, because the feet were already out there. But when I, I could definitely see people's respond looking at their own feet and comparing their feet to others or to mine, which are very wide and a lot of space between my toes, which is what you basically want to have. That yeah, there definitely is some discomfort there. And seeing some of my students that maybe are the ones that need the most amount of help, are maybe not the first ones to come and seek out help. Or some students, kids that have some foot issues already, and they don't want to come and see me because they are shy that this yoga teacher is going to judge their toes uh, because they are teens or young kids. But I think it goes for everyone, no matter what age we have this discomfort of certain body parts and feet are pretty pretty common to not want to show
0: yeah. it's funny because I mean I love my feet I think my feet are pretty and I'm probably one of the very small out of population that likes their feet but I do yeah. and great but me I find if I don't have socks on my feet get cold and clammy mm. so When I'm in my yoga classes and even teaching, I actually keep my socks on because I find Mm. if my feet are exposed to air, they get cold really quickly and they get sweaty, they get clammy. So when I'm practicing yoga, let's say I'm in a downward facing dog, my feet are sliding back. So I put my socks on to help give me more grip. I know that's not necessarily looking at like the the actual, what the foot looks like, but it's still something that happens with our feet. Our feet do get sweaty when we're perhaps in yoga at times mm-hmm. and our feet do get cold at times. So how much do you notice of your students wearing socks or not wearing right. socks? Because I know that I'm, I generally, I'm generally the only person in the class wearing socks.
1: I think most commonly what I see is that, yeah, I'm the one <laughs> wearing socks as well but I think when I practice when I go and practice myself I don't wear socks I think it's maybe because when I teach I'm maybe not as physically uh, engaged in the whole class because I walk around and teach them hatha and yin yoga teachers so I have time to walk around a bit more around my students but even if I would jump in and teach a more dynamic new age class as I would call it the vinyasa classes I would still be very comfortable wearing socks I guess also if I'm practicing on a mat or not on a mat because I don't always use mats when I practice or teach also depends on the floor and everything so yes I would wear socks when I also feel a little bit cold but sometimes I also wear socks to advance my practice uh, in terms of the slipperiness so for me it allows me to be a bit more engaged with how I'm finding my foundation or or like rooting down through my feet when I don't have this stickiness between skin and floor or a sticky mat and skin so yeah but I haven't have not really noticed students wearing socks I think they're so used to knowing that you should be barefoot or that's how you teach it so they just pull them off if it's the active class
0: do you think that It's such a common thing that we see people barefoot in yoga that then just other people feel that they would feel odd and, let's say, out of place if they were to wear socks. And there's this expectation in yoga classes Mm. to not wear socks.
1: Perhaps, as I have been more used to wearing socks on my classes also and showing that it is possible. I think also some of my students have start to wear them maybe a bit longer during the class and then maybe take them off during some point i think the most important thing is that you're comfortable and that is not restricting your practice either advancing it or just maintaining it as it is but not restricting it um which means that you may maybe have too slippery socks and that's not great or that there's too much cushioning or thick socks and you don't feel that you can um like connect with your Um, padabanda right like the foot lock in in your foot for example of certain reasons maybe some socks they're tight or don't give us enough circulation in the foot can have us um, experiencing this and also maybe with cold feet perhaps I'm assuming that if there is a bit of a tight sock it doesn't give you maybe as much circulation while it's a bit more loose one
0: Mm. and so then coming back to your foot consultations and you're talking about that you give people exercises and that it is more of a daily practice rather than a one-off thing or oh, I'll practice for a week and then my feet problems are what's the word oh, oh, healed, are healed yeah. right mm. when you think about the hair industry and us all predominantly standing all day is there any foot mm. exercises that you could easily explain now to us for people to take away Mm. and practice and give it a go
1: so I think one of the more important thing is to implementing the right type of shoes to your workplace as a hairdresser or a barber if you want to improve your foot awareness or, or your general foot health you spend most of your awake hours on your feet in shoes so the most vital part will be first to implement some barefoot shoes, but also starting gradually because if we come from a high heel or a lot of cushioning to suddenly completely flat a very thin sole, it can actually trigger things into more discomfort in our body. So not going cold turkey (laughs) over a day, but to take small steps in. And also most important thing I would say also no matter what shoes you wear, or don't wear, I guess you always wear shoes when you work, but is to be able to feel your feet because people can be like so much and yeah, I'll I'll buy this thing and I put this on my body or I'll do this thing, but they are not really even reflecting on how does it actually feel like, does it actually feel like it supports my body, right? We can buy barefoot shoes but maybe they're not wide enough for us or maybe they're too big for us for example so getting in tune with your body getting in tune with your feet strengthening exercises for your feet could be very vital if you're standing a lot on your feet you have the same amount of pressure and maybe not so much movement except for walking around your client a bit here and there so some may need to strengthen but it could also be uh, some that already have a bit stronger feet. Uh, I need to loosen up the tensions. It's really hard to say just now to recommend everyone because we're so individual when it comes to our foot issues. And you can also have a lot of rigidity or strength in certain parts of your feet, but then another part is completely misaligned. And then certain strengthening exercises may not be as beneficial because certain parts of your feet are in misalignment. The best thing is to first know, what is the state of my foot? Or the biggest, easiest thing, if you would look at your foot is, how is your foot looking like? Or specifically, how's your toes looking like? So if you feel like, oh, but you know, I've had great looking shoes. I don't feel much in my feet. I don't think my posture is fine but do I maybe still have some sort of issue with my foot or can I have it in the future? Look down at your feet, look how your toes are placed, preferably when you stand, when you bear load on your feet. Standing on your feet, barefoot, relax your toes and see where are the toes actually pointing? Are they pointing or splaying like you would be able to splay your fingers on the hand, which means that the skeleton bones in your foot or in your hand, follows out to the toes or the fingers, but if your toes are squeezed in and they are not following the skeleton from the base of the foot into the toes, or the metatarsals, then there is already a very easy sign on misalignment in your foot. And when the big toe is not aligned, with the rest of the bone that goes into their foot towards the ankle, so to say, for the ones that are not aware so much of anatomy of the foot, the big toe will not function properly. And the big toe is the the main part of the foot that you wanna have working for you because that's the part of the foot where also bear a bit more load when you push off. So check your big toe and then check your pinky toe and then check the rest of the toes. Are they following the skeleton? in the foot that then continues out to the toes? Or are they going towards each other? If they're going towards each other, you may want to consider taking care of your feet.
0: That's some good little tips there. Easy, easy to do. Go and go, right, can I invest in some better shoes? And if so, Mm -hmm. do that over a period of time, whether that's, for instance, when you're at home, start wearing the barefoot shoes so your feet start getting used to them, maybe wear them as you go for a walk. And then over a period of time, build up the amount of time that you're in your barefoot shoes to then be able to wear them at work. And then actually look at the form of your feet, your toes to say, okay, are these toes in alignment with the skeleton bones coming down the base and the top of your foot? So that's some really nice little easy tips that actually us barbers and hairdressers can go away and do a bit of homework. And if you're not sure about
1: your shoes, or you might still be quite optimistic and think,
0: I don't think these shoes
1: are too bad or I wear Birkenstock or all these other shoes they are a bit wider, it's okay. Well, put your foot above the shoe, not inside, but above the shoe and then splay your toes, which means separate your toes and see, are they still in the shape of the shoe or do they stick out? Then you have your simple answer to if your shoe is too small.
0: Yeah, Amazing. Amazing. Is there anything else that you'd like to bring to the table to share at all in terms of feet, health and well-being for us hair professionals? I think just start
1: tuning into listening to the body and see what is the body sending you in terms of signals and information to you. Is your posture really good? Is your neck, is your spine aligned? Because we love being in comfort we are creatures of habit we like it to be the same thing we like to be comfortable in it we don't usually want to change too much but if you tune into really feeling into your body feeling into your feet how is actually your what type of information does your feet and your body send you in terms of signals so Getting to know your feet, getting to know your body and just listening in, I think is so important. We are so caught up in talking to the customer and listening to their needs and desires while we spend maybe, I don't know, eight hours a day in a posture with shoes that may compress or squeeze in our feet. That's just just a matter of time until if they're not already now crying inside those shoes that they will do in the future and this better sooner later that we start working with the feet the earlier we take care of feet the earlier we start well the better the progress is going to be it can take a few months to a few years depending on the state of your foot so start today look at your shoes look at your feet don't be shy give them some love give them some daily massage fix your nails wash your feet take care of them give them a little boost and then yeah start working with them more
0: that's beautiful, thank you, my love. And you know what it comes down to prevention, doesn't it? If we can prevent yes. our feet from going in the wrong direction and look after them and have healthy feet, that will just in the long run, longevity will do our overall posture, so it'll be so much more beneficial if we can actually tune in to what are our feet saying right now to us, and actually, what can I do to prevent any future problems? Yes.
1: Yeah. definitely all about prevention definitely
0: so for those that might want to reach out to you is the best place for them to head to is your instagram
1: yes i am one of those that don't have a website yet even after 10 years and i've been fine i'm considering getting one soon i guess but yes the easiest and the fastest way to reach out to me is through instagram facebook can work but it's preferably not instagram and then uh, or send me an email and from there, we can begin whatever consultation that needs to be placed into your health or simply just if you have any questions or just want to follow through the journey and see more yoga and fit health. That's lovely.
0: Thank you so much, Rebecca.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: That's some really lovely bits of information, my love. And definitely, I think it's going to be beneficial and it's going to be like this sort of conversation starter us barbers and hairdressers we talk about so much within our job towards clients Ooh. towards each other in the shop and everything like that that this would be a great topic to talk about oh what is your feet like and what does your big toe do and, and so forth so thank you so much my love what a delight it was talking to Rebecca if you'd like to follow her and or book an appointment, find her on Instagram at Rebecca Latosh Yoga. I will put the link in the show notes. So please go there to be directed to her Instagram page. Next episode, I welcome James, a man that's gone from being a drug addict to building a multi-million dollar business. In the meantime, stay tuned and stay real. Join me every Wednesday for a Wholeness podcast. I'll catch you real soon. Peace, love and light.